0: This is the Talking DT Podcast, episode 81. Welcome to the Talking DT Podcast with me, Alison Hardy, a podcast for anybody interested in design and technology education, where I'll be sharing news, views, ideas, and opinions about DT. This week's episode is a look back on where I started a conversation about decolonising the design and technology curriculum. Now that began in episode 30, where I kind of spoke from the heart really, in response to things that were happening in the media at that time around the killing of George Floyd and the prominence of Black Lives Matter. And I'd seen some posts on Facebook in a number of DT groups about how is race represented in the curriculum in design technology. And so from that, I was inspired to record a podcast. So that was podcast 30. And interestingly, it's been one of the most downloaded episodes from the whole 80 that I've published. So I think that speaks of a desire from people to understand and engage with this and learn. And so what I wanted to do today was just share some of my learning that's happened since I recorded that podcast, um, over 18, over 15 months ago, I think it is now. What came out from that podcast was a few people contacted me and and I reached out to some people, one of whom was Rose Sinclair. So I'm going to give a lot of credit here to Rose because Rose uh, took a brave space and sent me a, a long email with some different thoughts about the issues that I'd raised in the podcast, but also took it beyond looking at the curriculum. So I have to thank Rose for that, for making me look beyond the narrow view that I was taking about how do we represent race in the d curriculum and in the classroom. What she got me thinking about was representation of people of colour in the teaching community, community around design and technology that leads the subject, the researchers, the teacher educators, the way the curriculum did or did not include children of colour in design and technology, and whether parents of colour, how they felt about the subject and whether they saw the subject as being something worthwhile and of value for their children. So we had quite a few conversations, um, some of which was quite uncomfortable for me, one of which was around the learning to teach design and technology book which came out last year and Rose highlighted to me that all the authors were white and I'd from my position as a white middle class woman hadn't hadn't seen that and so she challenged me and at that point I was putting together the proposal for the second edition of the debates in design and technology so I thought, right, I've done this podcast, I've had these conversations, I need to put my money where my mouth is here, and and I need to work to not just go along with who I know and what I know, but actually to get some new voices in here and some new perspectives. And so I did that. It, you know, it took me longer, and that speaks of my lack of knowledge of researchers, writers, thinkers of colour in the design and technology community. Anyway, as a result, the, the new book, which will be coming out next year, does have representation from people of colour and also from people in the global south, as well as in different countries in Europe. So it's not just from a white English perspective. There are people of colour from England, um, from the global south, and also different perspectives from the north, from Ireland, Sweden, and the Netherlands. So, Whilst I'm pleased that that's happened, I still think there's a way to go. But one of the chapters within there now, a new chapter that Rose and I started to work on together, was our our rough title at the moment is How Do We Do Race in Design and Technology? And what Rose and I have started to think about is, do we need different perspectives in that chapter? So it's not just Rose or it's not just me talking to Rose. We've played around with some different ideas, but that there are different perspectives and different voices. So that's that's where we have got to. And I want to share in a moment um where I'm at with that chapter, where we're at and the contributors. I'm going to give a call out to their names. And if you get my newsletter, you'll have already heard their names. I put them in an email in my newsletter for September. But in thinking about the content of the chapter and reflecting on my conversations with Rose and reflecting on the narrow perspective I took of de- decolonialisation in the episode 30, it's caused me to reflect on some of the things that we're doing at the university where I work, at Nottingham Trent, where we're thinking about a socially just curriculum, where we're thinking about representation and thinking about how, when we use, for example, in the, one of the modules I teach about research skills, the papers that we usually use for reference have been written by white authors and tended to have been written about the English educational context. So we've been starting at the university across the whole of the university, not just in education, to think about how we have a socially just and representative curriculum that's not just presenting a Western and even narrowly an English perspective of our disciplines, but also beyond. So it really is something that's coming to the fore within higher education. And I know it's happening Within history education in secondary schools, and there are movements with other subjects. I've had quite a few people contact me saying, Alison, you used to have a webpage with a list of designers of colour projects and products produced and designed by designers of colour. That, that way, that page isn't available anymore. Well, it's not available for two reasons. One, I changed my website and I decided to take that page down. And part of the reason I I took it down is because it needs to evolve. And and on a website, it's quite static. So where I'm at now is thinking, but those are kind of easy wins in some ways, and actually potentially not long-lasting in terms of, oh, well, we've got some faces of colour on our wall of designers and engineers and technologists. But actually, does that change us and how we think about representation of colour in design and technology? across those whole spectrums, that, as I said earlier, that Rose had challenged me with. You know, and I'm I'm not an expert on this. I am learning and questioning. I've, I've moved on in my thinking, thanks to people like Rose, and thanks also to colleagues at Nottingham Trent and friends that I work with, Gemma Heathcote and Sheridan Brown. They have been really thinking and challenging their practice and changing their practice within their teaching in the department where I work. And I've also been sharing their thinking. They're also a space where I can go and try things out and talk to them about things, to explore my own position. So as I said, what I did initially was I was looking for designers of colour, technologists of colour, and how we can, within design and technology, use different ways of thinking about design from other cultures within our teaching. But I started to feel that, that there was more to it. You know, Rose's conversation, Gemma and Sheridan, and the reading I've been doing challenged me to think that that is That is only one way of thinking about it. And this quote from Nikita Darwin uh, summed up where I had been in episode 30 and where I feel now that I'm moving towards. She says that we must be self-critical and reflective. And that's kind of why I'm doing the podcast, to share that uh, self-criticalness of myself and and my reflections about about moving on in this idea around decolonising design and technology. She goes on to say, because there is a danger in acting too quickly, the danger is that it can do more damage than good. And I suppose that's what I feel about thinking about, well, I've got some people of colour on my wall of designers. It also becomes, if we're not careful, tokenistic and actually doesn't address how I am and how I the assumptions I make, as I said, as a white middle-class feminist woman in, in England. She finishes by saying there is a risk when we act And the risk is that good intentions don't always translate to just action. And the just is in inverted commas because it's all about the ethical and moral actions. What it's made me think about and what I'm doing is there is more to this about perspective, assumptions and what we do in design and technology than just doing something within our curriculum. So what all this has caused me to do, as I said, is critically interrogate my positionality, who I am, and how this influences my assumptions and behaviours. And it's, it's a challenge to try and spot my normative narratives that I have within myself, the stereotypes that are implicit in, in the way I talk, the way I think about different people of colour within my field. Some of my past behaviours and some of the things that I've done in my classrooms, and the way I talk about it. So, this is where I am being very open because I see that what I'm trying to do here as well is create a a safe space within the podcast for all sorts of things around design and technology. That I'm not talking here about things that make us feel comfortable and that we nod about. This is also about risk, about difficult conversations and about contradictions, which is why I'm sharing this podcast today and these these thoughts that I'm having and where we've got to now, myself and Rose, with the book chapter, but also starting to share some of the thoughts around challenging myself, and maybe some of you might find that useful to challenge yourself within your d lives about how you represent and how you assume and behave around people of colour, children in your classrooms of colour, representation and, and so on. So what Rose and I did is we reached out to a number of people, uh, mainly contacts of Rose, people of colour within design and technology, to say, would you like to come and contribute to this chapter? We want your voice involved. And so actually, there is only... Two aspects of the contributions. We've got six and we're working on those at the moment to bring those together into a cohesive chapter that are about curriculum. You know, we've got six that are, are, are going to be in the new chapter and, and it's really exciting and it's been challenging for me. I've been editing some of the words that people have written um, and, and it's been really making me think about how this chapter is coming together. I'm really excited about it. It is a, a safe space. As I've said, it is, it is going to be challenging for some people. Some people won't, Agree, but these six people are speaking from their position and sharing very openly and very in a very considered way their perspectives as a person of colour on these different aspects that are to do with race and design and technology. So, firstly, we've got Leila Ma, who is talking about the importance of race and is sharing how she has seen herself within the design and technology community as an advanced skills teacher. And she shares some very open things, her deep thoughts about going for promotion um, as a woman of colour and how she's felt about doing that. So thanks to Layla for sharing that. Daniel Lazare is contributing about black pupils' perspective of design and technology. We talk about listening to children's voices and pupil voice and student voice, But I think this is going to be really important from Daniel to hear what pupils' perspectives is of of the subject. Do they feel included or excluded? Richard Harris is talking about the representation of people of colour within design and technology. He talks about a question that his six-year-old daughter asked about whether all artists were white. And that got him thinking and questioning and seeing things from his own child's perspective. Sam McKinley has been teaching for 30 years and he talks in his contribution about the different roles he's had and what people looked to him for in terms of black in the British curriculum for design and technology. And he. Shares some responses that he's had to social media questions about representation of colour in the D&T curriculum. And he raises some really thoughtful points about why I, as a white person, might respond in a particular way to being asked, for example, how we reflect the curriculum that is representative of the nation that we're in. And how I might see, well, it's not about that. It's all about everybody's the same. And we treat them the same. And he, he very gently raises some questions about that and puts some different perspectives. There's a contribution from Bhavna Prajapat, who is down in Brighton, who is involved in teacher education. Some of you may know Bav from being on her course um, and trained to become a designer technology teacher. And Bav is going to talk about student teachers and the representation of teachers of colour within the teacher training community for design and technology. Marlene Wiley, some of you may know from the National Society for Education and Art and Design. She works with the Subject Association. She's got a background in design and technology. And she's going to round off the chapter with some thoughts about how uh, a ground movement of thinking about curriculum and representation of colour within a school subject, how subject associations and other organisations can come together and work with people, people like the voices we've got in this chapter, to respond to diversifying the curriculum. So, you know, some of this is really uncomfortable reading in terms of it's new, it's given me, people have been really open and, and thoughtful. And I'm hoping that this chapter... Is a start to this conversation. There's been conversations going along. I'm really excited about it. I feel really privileged to be involved in working with this lovely group of people. We've, we've met once online. We've had some debate about whether I should even be editing the chapter. I'm white. Is that me about me solving it and me fixing it? And so for me, this is really exciting about working in a different way, working with, with new colleagues, colleagues that are new to me, taking on their perspectives and being challenged to think differently about how we do race and design and technology. So that's just an update. It's been a much longer recording than I expected, but I I wanted to share that about what started as something not off the cuff but in the moment and from the heart and has had quite a huge response has led to this point of realising there's not an awful lot out there that we can draw on that we can use to lead conversations and so this community of six authors along with Rose have have, have creating this space and I'm really excited about that And I look forward to that, being able to share some more about this in up and coming podcasts. I'm hoping to kind of get some of them on the podcast to come and talk about their different perspectives. As ever, thanks ever so much for listening. Um, I hope you've been enjoying the podcast this term. I've had quite a few of interviews. This one is just just me. I've not done many of those recently. I've got some more episodes uh, in the pipeline. In fact, I'm recording another one later today. If you want to hear about new episodes coming out and have an opportunity to shape those, then I'm going to signpost you quite blatantly towards my patron site where you can contribute and support the podcast. I was quite upfront last week about the running costs of the podcast. I'm going to keep going whether anybody supports me or not but it'd be great if people feel that they could support the podcast and help maintain the program and create space for us all to have these conversations that are safe spaces where we challenge our thinking about design and technology you've been listening to the talking dnt podcast with me alison hardy you can connect with me on twitter at hardy underscore Allison, show notes and transcripts for each podcast episode can be found on my website alisonhardy.work thanks for listening